Good morning. Welcome to First Presbyterian Church. It is so good to have you here. I just have a couple of announcements before we begin. The first is that the Pates McDonald Music Series returns for 2023 uh, this afternoon. 3 p.m. right here in the sanctuary, a classical guitarist and vocalist, and they happen to be sitting right there. Everyone turn and look at once. Um, our, our prelude this morning will be offered by them on the theme of love, which is our theme for the morning. And so you will have a little bit of a taste of what you can enjoy this afternoon at three. That is a free concert and childcare is available. We hope to see all of you back here. I wanna let you know that there are Vacation Bible School forms at each entrance. Uh, that is not until July 31st, but if you have a child or grandchild you would like to take a form for, you can take one with you as you go. Today is Rebecca's last day streaming back in that hidden little room for us, and we had a reception for her at 10 a.m. in the parlor. If you see her after service, uh, please thank her for the nine years uh, she has served as our communications director. She begins her full-time job at UAFS as their technical director on June 1st, so you'll want to thank her um, while she's here. Um, our new communications director, I don't want to embarrass you, but she's right over there, uh, Sarah, okay, raise your hand, and with her husband, Michael, so you have lots of folks to greet uh, after worship today. Phil is away this weekend, uh, out of town, and so you have me. Let's worship God. Словно бабочка к огню Стремилась так неодолимо В любовь волшебную страну Где назовут меня любимой Где бесподобен тень Где не страшилась я в ненастья, Прекрасная страна, любовь, Волшебная страна, И только в ней бывает счастье. Пришли иные времена, Тебя то нет, то лжешь, не морщась. Я поняла, любовь страна, Где каждый человек притворщик. Моя беда не вина, Что я наивности Обращик, любовь, обманная страна, обманная страна, и каждый житель в ней обманщик. Зачем я плачу пред тобой и улыбаюсь так не кстати? Неверная страна, любовь, Там каждый человек предатель. Но снова прорастет трава Сквозь все обиды и напад. 
вместе Любовь, весенняя страна Весенняя страна И только в ней Бывает счастье Бывает счастье We call ourselves to worship this morning with Isaiah 49. Sing for joy, O heavens, and exult, O earth. Break forth, O mountains, into singing. For the Lord has comforted his people and will have compassion on his suffering ones. But Zion said, the Lord has forsaken me, my Lord has forgotten me. Can a woman forget her nursing child or show no compassion for the child of her womb. Even these may forget, yet I will not forget you. See, I have inscribed you on the palms of my hands. Let us pray. Lord, we come into your sanctuary this morning. We come first with honor and praise on our lips. We set aside this holy time to worship you, to give you all glory. It is in your name that we offer this prayer. Amen. Please stand for our first hymn. Let us confess before God and one another 
Your prayer is printed in your bulletin and on the screen. Let us pray together. Lord Jesus, we are humbled that you call us to be your body in this world. We are humbled that you make us partners in your good news. You know how often we falter in this calling, how many times we fail in this partnership. We confess to you the ways we have sinned, and we ask you to forgive us and restore us. Put a spirit of love within us, love when it is easy, and even more, love when it is difficult. It is in your name we offer this prayer. Amen. I offer to you this day the good news of the Lord Jesus Christ. We are promised in Scripture that it is because God so loved the world that he sent Jesus. He so loved this world that he sent his only begotten Son, not to condemn the world, but to save it. Know that through Christ's work in your life, you are forgiven of your sin. And now you are called to be people of peace. Amen. Let's sing to God's glory. seated. As we prepare to hear God's word read and proclaimed, let's pray. Lord, your word is a lamp to our feet. Your word is a light to our path. We pray that you would illuminate the next steps you call us to as we hear your word this day. May it be a living word for us, renewing and restoring and strengthening. It is in your name that we ask it. Amen. We have been in this letter of 1 Corinthians for several weeks now, but now we come to perhaps the best-known passage in the entire letter, maybe one of the best-known passages in all of Scripture. And I am wearing a white stole today because it is Eastertide, um, but you are not at a wedding. So listen, try with a fresh ear to this passage that you so often hear at weddings. Paul writes, If I speak in the tongues of mortals and of angels but do not have love, I am a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. And if I have prophetic powers and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have all faith so as to remove mountains but do not have love, I am nothing. If I give away all my possessions, and if I hand over my body so that I may boast, but do not have love, I gain nothing. Love is patient. Love is kind. Love is not envious or boastful or arrogant or rude. It does not insist on its own way. It is not irritable or resentful. It does not rejoice in wrongdoing, but rejoices in the truth. It bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love never ends. As for prophecies, they will come to an end. As for tongues, they will cease. As for knowledge, it will come to an end. For we know only in part, and we prophesy only in part, the partial will come to an end when the complete comes. 
When I was a child, I spoke like a child. I thought like a child. I reasoned like a child. When I became an adult, I put an end to childish ways. For now we see in a mirror dimly, but then we will see face to face. Now I know only in part, then I will know fully, even as I have been fully known. And now faith, hope, and love abide these three. And the greatest of these is love. This is the word of the Lord. This is my piano trophy. I have brought it for you this morning. I, would, I wish I could just parade up and down the front of this chancel with my piano trophy. I took piano lessons for 10 years. I played the piano for 10 years. By my best uh, math, that means I had over 400 private lessons. Just because I know you're wondering, yes, it was in the basement of Mrs. Allman's house. Over 400 private lessons with that woman. I performed in recitals. I competed in contests. I won awards. I was very, very good, as far as you know. So, I have a very simple question for you today. Why, after 10 years, 400 lessons, hours and hours of recitals and performances, why can't I even pick out a simple tune like Twinkle, Twinkle, Little Star, or everyone's favorite, Go Tell Aunt Rhody? Why? You know the answer, why? Why can't I? <clears throat> I have not practiced in probably 30 years. Not once, not a single time, Mrs. Allman is rolling her eyes somewhere. I have not practiced, and not to put too fine a point on it, but I asked Jenny earlier this morning how many hours she practices on any average week, and she said, you know, it can be 12 to 15 hours a week, and there have been as many as 20 to 30 hours on a week that she might practice. And I'm going to put my trophy away. We know, we know that this is true. In our heads, in our knowledge, we know that the skills that we see people have, that they have to be practiced over and over. We know the final product that we see in the music we have already heard this morning from Jenny and from our special musicians. We know that there were hours of repetition behind that. Right? We know it when we see a game on television, when we see a movie on the screen, that behind it is the steps over and over again until it becomes natural. We know it is true for things that you get trophies for. But we forget, too often we forget that it is just as true for love. Now some of you, when you heard me say the word love, you got very excited because you went to a very sentimental place and you love Love, and I love that about you. And some of you, when you heard me say the word love, you started to zone out because you assume we are going to a sentimental place and you aren't really into it. This is not what I mean by love, sentimental today. It's not what Paul means by love in the letter. Love is a feeling, yes it is. Of course it is, but more than that, love is a muscle to work. Love is a habit to form. It is music to be practiced. Love is practical behavior, active and tough and resistant behavior. It is patient, Paul writes. It is kind. It is not envious or boastful or rude. It does not insist on its own way. Love bears believes, hopes, endures. Not a single one of those tangible behaviors is easy. None of them comes naturally to us. To not boast, are you kidding? <laughs> to not boast, that does not come naturally to us. To not be rude, to be patient, to endure, 
Not a single one will come without effort. They have to be practiced. Every single day, love has to be practiced in our tangible behavior, or else one day we're going to realize you might have the trophy, but you can't even pick out love's most basic tune. You can't do it because there has been no practice. It was about 150 years after this scroll of a letter was first read to that congregation in Corinth. About 150 years later, which seems like a lot, but the church was still in its infancy. And an author at the time named Tertullian, he wrote about Christian communities that he saw and that he lived among. He wrote one simple thing about them. This is what he wrote. He said, see how they love one another. That's what he wrote. See how they love one another. That is what made them distinctive. That is what was different about them. The Christians around him had practiced hope and endurance and kindness so many times repeated that it had just become natural. See how they love. Now, I don't want anyone to squirm in their pews this morning, um, and I don't want to make you nervous, but I'm going to tell you this right now. I don't often get to talk about you guys by name from the pulpit. I know you're grateful for that. But sometimes I really wish I could, because so many of you have such a story to tell. But I know it would embarrass, and you don't want the spotlight on yourself. But today, I'm going to break my own rule. Please don't be nervous. I want to share a little bit about someone many of you know, some of you don't know. It is someone who was once among us. He has passed on now, so I can't embarrass him. And he would never want the spotlight on himself, um, but we have much we can learn together today from him. I want to speak for a moment about our brother Harry Chamberlain. Some of you knew him, some of you didn't. Here are some basic facts about his life. In Harry's life, he was the son of a beloved father, a father who passed away before he graduated high school. He was the adoring husband of his sweet wife, Gail, who died several years before he did. Together, they raised three precious sons, one of whom did not age out of his teens, the second who did not live beyond his 20s, and the third who was permanently damaged by a plane crash on his honeymoon in which his wife, his new bride, died. I know. For those of us who knew Harry, we knew the outline of those terrible facts. And for those of us who did not know Harry, I have to share some of that basic outline because it makes it amazing when you think how how Harry chose to live. When it would have been easier to turn inward in his grief, Harry bore it. He endured it. And when it would have been simpler to just ignore what other families were doing, their growing children beyond ages he would ever see in his own family. When that would have been easier, Harry chose to be kind. He was the first to always want to know about your children, your grandchildren, about things he would never have. And when finances were tight due to his remaining son's chronic health problems, it would have been understandable for Harry to become bitter or angry, bitter with others, angry with God, but Harry never did. He never did. He hoped. He believed. Do any of us believe for one moment that a single one of those behaviors of his was easy? That it was easy for Harry to have hope? Do a single one of us believe that his behaviors were simple? They were just the simple thing to do. Was it a simple thing for him to endure? 
I don't hold Harry up before us today because he was perfect. Of course he wasn't perfect. None of us is. I hold him up today for us because he practiced. He was someone who practiced. Every single day, Harry practiced love. You could tell it. We can only guess how difficult it was to build that muscle. To wake up each morning and to again today choose kindness. To wake up in the morning and to again today choose hope. To again today choose to endure. This is not sentimental, what we are talking about today. What we're called to do, it is hard work. It is a choice and a pattern we set to build that muscle. I would sometimes ask Harry how he did it. How do you choose that over and over again? And he responded to me, I have to tell you, he responded to me exactly like someone who sits down at the piano for 15 hours a week to practice. And because they did that, the music just comes. He looked at me like, what kind of question is that? This is, this is, this is what I do. Harry is not the only one who has practiced in this room. So many of you here practice every single day. I know you do. I know you do. You practice every day, and the rest of us learn from you what it means to love. That's, that's where we learn it is from each other. We learn in this place. That's what a Christian community is. It is a working toward all of us together, this advanced degree in love. We are working toward this advanced degree in love until finally it just becomes natural. It's just who we are. See how they love one another. I mentioned that we've been in this letter for a while now, and, and, and we're only in it one more week, I, I promise. Next week is the last week we're in this letter to the Corinthian church, and we've been reading about their disputes and their boasting and their trials, and, and we don't know much more about that congregation than we do from the two letters that Paul wrote to them. They're in our Bible. That's pretty much all we know about those people. Except we, there is one other letter. There's a letter that a pope wrote about 40 years after this letter. He wrote it about the Corinthian church. And from it, we know they didn't make it. We know they closed their doors. And sadly, we were pretty sure from his letter that it ended in quarrels, in bickering, and that the congregation closed be, because of that. And it is sad that, <laughs> that that's how it went for them. But, but right, but we knew it had closed at one point or another. We happen to know that in the city of Corinth in Greece today, there is not a first Pauline church of Christ, right, that's celebrating its 2000th anniversary. We know it closed at some point or other. We know it came to an end. Of course it came to an end. All those disagreements they had and, and their division, it has been dust for a long time. All the debates they had about who was most spiritual, about who had the greatest gifts and who was better than the other person, it's all gone. It's all gone. And like them, so, so too have so many other people gone. People and congregations and families, of course they have gone. That's how time works. This congregation, even, this congregation will one day not be here. It will come to an end. Every single one of us will not be here. Even this letter that I 
that I read to you, it, it has outlasted the congregation by 2,000 years, but this letter, this letter will one day be gone. All of it. Paul writes that everything passes away. Everything. The tough stuff, like the fights and the disagreements, but also even the best of things, like faith and hope. Paul says, you know, in God's new heaven and new earth, they won't be there. We won't need them. We'll see face to face. We don't need faith and hope once we see face to face. Even those will be gone. Everything passes away except, except for love. Except for love. Love is the only thing that has, like, the stuff of eternity in it. It is incomprehensible to our minds and our hearts, but love is eternal. It has the stuff of eternity in it. That congregation had so many troubles, but whatever love they had there, whatever tangible patience and kindness and hope they practiced, that remains. What love Harry practiced among us each day of his life, he is not here. But his love remains. Whatever each of you faces in your life, whatever you will face this week when you practice love, when tomorrow morning you say, again today, I choose patience. Again today, I choose hope. When you do that, when you do that, I promise you that love is eternal. Prophecies don't last. Spiritual gifts fade. Even knowledge disappears. That's what Paul reminds us of. All of it is gone. But love never ends. Love never ends. It is not easy. It will not come naturally. But to even practice it, to even practice it, to even get to practice it, is worth more than anything. Amen. In our prayers today, we will have a time of silence. You can continue to pray silently, or you can lift up aloud uh, particular people and situations that you would like to hold in prayer. Let's pray. Lord, we think of all that has come before, all that has risen up, grown, flourished, and passed away. We give you thanks. We give you thanks that of all things, love endures. Love does not end. Help us to be a part of that love. We know we cannot do that under our own steam, by our own efforts alone, but that we will need the help of you, Lord God, who is love. And so we lean on you this day. We turn to you. We ask for you to help us love each day, to practice that muscle. We offer our practice this morning by praying for others. 
We pray for all of those people and places around this world today who need hope, who need kindness, who need endurance. We pray to you this day for Brittany, for her children. We pray for safety for them. We pray for a healing from addiction. And we offer our prayers to you now, both aloud and in our hearts, for particular people and situations. Hear our prayers. Lord, we give you thanks for the blessings you have placed in our lives. And we offer you prayers even for ourselves. We cannot practice on our own. We ask for us, for you to give us every gift of the Holy Spirit we will need in the days to come for joy and peace and patience. And for your greatest gift, we ask for love. Make us one, brothers and sisters, one family in you, O Lord. It is together that we pray, and together we offer the prayer that you have taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, Thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. Amen. There is a basket uh, at the front of the sanctuary if you would like to give following worship. This music is our offering to God.
us pray. Lord, we give you thanks for the offering of this music, for the offering of our prayers, our silence, our actions. We offer this worship, returning it to you. We pray that like the offering of our lives, you would make it worthy and that you would use us for the kingdom you are bringing. It is in your name that we offer this prayer, and together we say, Amen. I actually need you to sit down for a moment, if you could, and I would like to call Lucy and Margaret and Doris forward, please. We'll make a sandwich of you. Come stand in between. I don't know what they're doing. <laughs> oh, let's do that. That's exciting. On behalf of the session, I present Margaret Carter and Doris De La Rosa, who have been received into membership of First Presbyterian Church. Margaret and Doris. You come to us as members of the one holy universal church into which you were baptized and by which you have been nurtured. We are one with each other, sisters and brothers in the family of God, and so we rejoice today at the gifts that you bring to us. As you join with us in worship and service of this congregation, I'm going to ask you your baptism questions. It is fitting to reaffirm that now together. Trusting in the gracious mercy of God, do you turn from the ways of sin and renounce evil and its power in the world, do you? Do you turn to Jesus Christ and accept him as your Lord and Savior, trusting in his grace and love, do you? And will you be Christ's faithful disciple, obeying his word and showing his love, will you? And there's one more question. Those were the baptism questions that are asked at each of our baptisms, but there is one more as you join this specific congregation. Will you be a faithful member of this congregation, share in its worship and ministry through your prayers and gifts, your study and service, and so fulfill your calling to be a disciple of Jesus Christ? Will you? Let us pray. Holy God, we praise you for calling us to be a servant people and for gathering us into the body of Christ. We thank you for choosing to add to our number brothers and sisters in faith. Together we may live in your spirit and so love one another and that we may have the mind of Jesus Christ our Lord to whom we give honor and glory forever. Amen. We are grateful for the gifts Doris and Margaret bring to this congregation. Let us welcome them with a round of applause. Okay, now they're going to love me for this, but Doris sits right here, and Margaret's sitting right here. So after the final benediction, come and greet them, please, and welcome them to our congregation. Let's stand for our final hymn.
next week is Pentecost, which means in this congregation, you dig through your closet and you wear red. You'll, we'll remind you through Facebook this week, but wear red next week for Pentecost. I charge you as you go out with the prophet Micah's charge when he says, what does the Lord require of you but to do justice and to love kindness and to walk humbly with your God. May the Lord bless you and may the Lord keep you. May the Lord's face shine upon you and give you his peace now and forevermore. Amen. Please remain standing as the choir blesses us. Peace of Christ be with you. Please greet one another in his name. <laughs> 